Hi everybody, Joel Junker, and welcome to another episode of the Cameron Brooks Podcast, Above and Beyond. A great episode here with uh, uh, Cameron Brooks alumnus Doug Orr, who's a 2003 Naval Academy graduate, spent 10 years in the Marine Corps, and transitioned uh, in 2013 from the Marines to uh, Russell Reynolds Associates, which is a industry or a global leading um, executive search firm. Uh, they focus on helping major companies identify leaders and executives uh, to hire for their organizations. And uh, Doug's uh, been extremely successful there. He's actually been back to a few conferences in his time with Russell Reynolds to recruit from Cameron Brooks as well. Uh, He currently resides in Houston, Texas with his family and uh, focuses on executive search with the energy industry. Uh, what I really like about this podcast and hope you take away from this too is that Doug worked extraordinarily hard to establish himself with Russell Reynolds and in his career in civilian life. And he outlines six uh, key tips uh, to being successful. And my favorite was uh, being humble, uh, being vulnerable, being v- real. All That was all wrapped up into one. And he explains how to do that. Additionally, great book recommendation called Give and Take by Adam Grant. Um, so enjoy. Uh, as always, if you want to learn more about Cameron Brooks, visit our website at Cameron-Brooks.com. We've got a lot of information there. You can read uh, the first chapter and the introduction of PCS to Corporate America, uh, the fourth edition. You can read white papers. You can watch testimonials. You can also access our learning library, uh, which has podcasts and videos and all sorts of other information inside of that. So enjoy. All right, Doug, thanks for, thanks for joining me today. I thought what you could do, because you're in a unique position, I think a lot of people haven't really thought about or a different company that people in the military haven't really really even thought as an option for them. Can tell us what uh, Russell Reynolds does and what your role at Russell Reynolds is. Yeah, happy to, Joel. So Russell Reynolds, first of all, you're exactly correct. Um, I had never even heard of the entire industry, which I am now part of, uh, before coming out of the military. Um, but Russell Reynolds is a global executive recruiting and leadership consulting uh, organization that is focused around C-suite um, executive recruitment um, and board work. And then we do advisory work from the human capital capacity and leadership capacity at the C-suite um, across the globe, um, across every industry and C-suite function, um, as well as board advisory work. And what is your main role, Doug, coming in? You obviously have a military officer background, a Marine Corps officer. Um, it's hard, I think, for some people to see, like, how does that naturally relate from what you were doing in the Marine Corps to getting into a position like this? Well, it it, um, it relates tremendously in some ways, and it doesn't relate at all in others. But uh I would say it it all ties to leadership and understanding um, senior leadership. And so within Russell Reynolds, um, I am active in our global energy practice, and and I am based in Houston. And so in Houston, that particularly means oil and gas. Um, And when you look at oil and gas organizations, um, most places where oil and gas operate are the same places where the U.S. military is deployed overseas. Um, But at the end, it comes down to leadership of blue-collar workforce in austere working environments and conditions. And so I think that there's a tremendous amount of translatability 
uh, from a leadership capacity and understanding leadership uh, from my time in the Marine Corps to uh, working primarily in oil and gas. Um, however, stepping into stepping into Russell Reynolds and stepping into um, you know C-suite advisory work, uh, there were there's a tremendous amount of lessons that I needed to learn, uh, particularly as it pertained to understanding business, understanding um, the financial acumen of the business, understanding what the different roles within an organization did, understanding different industries. Um, and and coming across as an expert because we are advising um, and making recommendations uh, at the very top of these organizations that are impacting, you know, some of these organizations are 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 billion dollars. And, uh, you know, they are looking to us to be the experts um, in an advisory standpoint with respect to the human capital uh, uh, of, of their organization at the very top. So that that was particularly challenging to really step in and, and learn and understand industry as well as uh, business acumen um, from a, what does a chief operating officer do? What does a chief executive officer do? What does a chief financial officer do? Et cetera, et cetera. Good. I have two follow on subject areas I want to get into. First is like how you did that. What did you do to, to establish yourself at Russell Reynolds to come up to speed on those topics? Um, we were talking earlier about certifications and um, uh, before we got started the recording. Um, so maybe list out some of the things that you did to start to start off, and maybe that's advice that you could provide to other military officers making the transition. Then I would really like to get into this topic of leadership and talk more about what you see are good leaders, what are or what makes a good leader uh, from what you've seen in the military plus in the business world. So let's just start with the first part. What what did you do to ramp up and come up to speed? And then what were some of those lessons that you would pass on to others that are going to be making transitions behind you? Yeah, I would love to offer the uh, the seven-minute abs solution here. But unfortunately, the way you do it is you work your tail off. Um, and I knew that everyone else that was in the organization was more qualified than me. Um, and the only thing that I could bring to the table is that I would work harder than anyone else in the organization. And so what I did was I picked up and I read, um, you know, different, you know, periodicals, um, Wall Street Journal, um, different uh, annual reports of organizations, and just read as much as I could get my hands on to start learning. Um, I tried to partner on projects with various um, managing directors or which is the equivalent of partners in our firm um, to watch how they did business. Um, and I continuously, every time I had any interaction with anybody within the firm, I asked for feedback and, uh, and kind of unfiltered, hurt my feelings, tell me what I need to be doing better type of feedback. And, and I'm, I'm four years into it and I, I still do that to this day is ask for the unfiltered feedback because that's the only way you're going to continue to get better. Um, and then with respect to some of the certifications, um, what I've found over time is that most colleges, most universities will offer, um, you know, continuing education classes and uh, education programs for executives. And so as I started to do more CFO work in the finance uh, organization, uh, of different companies, 
um, I went to Rice University and took a week-long training program on finance and accounting for executives to be able to better understand and speak the language and um, effectively communicate with uh, a lot of these folks that uh, I was dealing with now on a daily basis. And so those opportunities are out there um, quite a bit. They're fairly reasonably priced. And uh, I, I've also found that most organizations will at least augment, in some cases, completely pay for some of those training courses. And I would encourage anyone to, to continue to, to build their knowledge from an academic standpoint and then also from an experiential standpoint as well. And I, um, what are you? What was something for you a gap, if you will? You said your that unfiltered feedback you were getting. What was something that you needed to do that you didn't bring with you from the military to business that you really needed to develop beyond just like the general business knowledge? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, I think in the Marine Corps. I had 10 plus years of experience that gave me a lot of confidence in what I was saying. Um, and, and within Russell Reynolds, it's taken me some time to build the confidence in my, my gut in terms of, do I think this person is right for an opportunity or not? And trusting your gut um, and being able to speak with confidence and authority uh, to clients and candidates um, to really learn how to influence. I used to, think that I led in, in my Marine Corps career by influence. And the reality is now at Russell Reynolds, um, I'm really learning what it means how to lead by influence because neither clients nor candidates have any obligation to do anything that I say. Um, everything is, is by, by influence. And you have to be completely authentic um, and yet, um, you know, be able to listen to and understand what the clients and candidates are telling you um, even reading between the lines and then learning how to influence that. I would say those, those were some, some aspects beyond just the general business, and that just comes with reps and, and repetitions and experience of, of doing it. Um, the other piece I think I've, I've learned over time is, is how to engage at the executive level. Right, and so if you think about if you're if you're doing a brief to a general officer, that's a very different brief than you're doing to a um, you know battalion commander, and that's a very different brief than you're you're providing to platoon leaders, right? And uh, um, the amount of detailed information and how to effectively communicate um, and and get buy-in, and and that was something that I continued to and still am continuing to refine over time in my uh, career here at Russell Reynolds. And maybe it could, you could have hit these, uh, but I just want to ask the question um, on this influencing piece, um, kind of like almost going back to you and your interview questions, like how do you influence somebody you don't have authority over? Um, you talked about um, the, the being articulate, uh, authentic, listening, read between the lines. What would you say is the key to being able to influence at the executive level? What are like the two or three keys? Whether it be an executive level or just a really like a a, uh, a colleague at Russell Reynolds, what are the keys to being that authentic person that somebody's going to say, I'm going to follow you, even though you have don't have authority rank or even years and decades of experience? 
Yeah, and I think you 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 answered it in the even in the question, but I think the first thing you have to do is listen. Um, and one of the one of the hardest pieces when you're especially new in this industry and you're recruiting somebody to a role, um, you want everyone to be good for the role. And the reality is, is you refine your uh, objective ability to assess people, um, assess people for the role, but also assess the role for people. Um, I, I have found that you gain tremendous credibility by by uh, the candidates that you don't present, or or letting a candidate know this isn't the right one for you, and here's why. Um, and the only way you can do that is by being intellectually honest, being authentic, and really understanding the role and the culture of the organization and the client, um, and understanding the needs and desires and strengths and gaps of the candidate. And that means. Uh, that means that sometimes a candidate that looks really good on paper but isn't right, you've got to be willing to do what's right by the candidate and, and really advise them as much as you're advising the client. Um, and, and so it's, it's listening, um, it's understanding, it's, it's being empathetic, um, but at the same time, um, you know, holding, holding a line of, of responsibility to your client and uh, knowing when to walk away and knowing when to push. And there are times where I've had a, cl- a candidate say he's interested and I realize down the path that it's not right for him and I've told him so. And I've had other times where a candidate has, has initially passed on an opportunity and I've gone back to them and said, I understand what you've told me before, but I really think you need to look at this and here's why. Um, and if they trust you, um, if they believe you, um, they'll do it. Um, because what the, the interesting piece that I found is that, you know, even executives, CEOs, COOs, people running multi-billion-dollar businesses, um, they are very much human and have human needs, as in much the same way that we all do. And they're they're looking for advice. They want feedback. Um, they want to hear what they could be doing better. They want to understand why they should or should not look at something. And they want to hear your opinion, but they have to trust you. And so that's where the authenticity comes in. And I think that ties directly to leadership. People want to be led, but they want to be led by somebody who's authentic. And it doesn't mean that you coddle them or baby them, but it means that um, you're looking out for their best interest. And just like a parent, sometimes the best interest is holding them accountable. I'm pausing here, Doug, because I'm writing notes furiously because this is just great for this podcast. I'm thinking, all right, Joel Junker, what do you need to do to be more authentic? <laughs> and uh, um, what what would you say? Gosh, maybe we're I keep asking the same question, but give me some examples of ways that whether you saw people in the military, you see people in business, if you can, uh, ways that people can be more authentic, or how do you improve on your authenticity, or I have to imagine it's not something you are or not. I, mean, I think it starts there, but there are ways to demonstrate to other people, in addition to being that I'm going to be clear and transparent with you, and I'm going to look out for yeah. best interests of you. But as a leader, is there ways that we can be authentic to our people? I I, I think so. Um, I think it starts with knowing who you are, right? And there are some leaders um, – who you know all leaders lead in very different ways and there's no one right way there's no one wrong way but if you're lying about who you are and the way that you're engaging other people um they will see through that right we always said you know faking the funk right and 
you, you can only fake the funk for so long. People, people are quite intuitive and they're smart and they see through it. Um, and, and so being, knowing who you are, knowing your strengths, um, I think it's making sure that you are the representative for an organization and that you're doing what's right on behalf of the organization. Um, but at the same time, you're trying to gain a perspective of where, where's this other person with whom I am communicating, where are they coming from and what's their position and, and trying to, to balance the table between the two. Um, there's a great book, um, called, um, give and take by a, a gentleman named Adam Grant. And I would recommend it to anyone from a leadership standpoint. It basically divides the world into givers and takers. And uh, I would say that it finds your way to authentically give to others. Um, and um, you, will, you will find that people will follow you anywhere. So, yes, I love that book. Um, uh, I read it and gave it to my team members. And it, it, um, I could have this slightly wrong. I know I get this, what I'm going to share with you from the book. But it, in the book, Grant wanted to find, like, the most connected person on LinkedIn. And they found yeah. this like software engineer that just knew all these people. And they went and interviewed him. They talked to all these people that knew him. And he had basically four pieces of advice. And I've got this taped to my monitor in a little blue sticky. <laughs> Show up, work hard, be kind, stay above the fray. That's, right. that's not just about staying connected in, in work. I mean, I talk to my kids. Listen, you're going to show up in the morning because you're going to get out of bed, but showing up with the right attitude, the right, the right mindset, and just work hard. And, and just yeah. be kind to other people. Treat them the way they, they want to be treated, whether that be, like you said, listen. Listen to understand. Read between the lines of what they can't tell you. They're trying to express to you and they need your help. And then, you know, stay above the fray. I, um, I, I don't, I just can't imagine necessarily Russell Reynolds having some fray, but I'm sure there, there is. I've just met so many professional people there, but I imagine there's any organization that has that conflict, but they'll be able to work through the conflict and recognize when certain things are just trivial and to be able to let them go. What, what I've found is that most people don't even realize that they don't know. They don't know what they want. They don't know who they are. They're, even executives are kind of still in this searching for a higher purpose. And if you're able to know who you are and able to listen to the needs that people are asking without, and they don't even know that they're asking for it, um, you can provide so much value. And, and one of the things that I love that Adam Grant said in that, in that book is, if there's an opportunity to be helpful to somebody and it takes five minutes, do it. There's no reason not to do it. Um, and, and one of the things that I've found that uh, is more powerful than I even realized is that the, the veteran network, and you know, I'm here in Houston, um, but I, I would imagine it's true anywhere. If I reach out to a veteran, they will reach back. And if I have a veteran reach out to me, I will reach back. Um, it is a very powerful community. Um, and, and what I would say is, is if we want to keep it that way, when a veteran reaches out to you, take five minutes and see if you can be helpful. Can you make another introduction? Can you, 
Um, you know, if, if we're playing the game of six degrees from Kevin Bacon, can you get this person one or two degrees closer to finding Kevin Bacon in their whatever they're trying to do? Um, but but take the time to do that, and and uh, when you need the network, it'll be there for you. Is there any other advice that you would pass on to uh, people that are in their first two years in business uh, on things that they should do or could do to be the giver, to to be have humility, to be genuine, to establish themselves in business and to build that credibility? That's what I think are some themes that we've covered. Is there anything that you want to add to what we've covered so far? Yeah, I would just say in, in everything that you're doing, be grateful. Um, be grateful for the challenges that are in front of you. Be grateful for the opportunities that are in front of you. Be grateful for the, the bad leadership that you're witnessing. Be grateful for the good leadership that you're witnessing. And, and uh, um, just in all things that you're doing, find, find joy and gratitude um, because that will tremendously impact the way that you are perceived um, and the way that, uh, that you view challenges. And, and I, Candidly, I struggled with that quite a bit. I, I, I struggled significantly with the transition, um, uh, and I underestimated the transition, how hard it would be when you, you know, brainwashed for 10-plus years in terms of, you know, that being having the title as a Marine, and when you lose that title, um, you lose some of your identity, and that's why you hear a lot of my conversation focused around know who you are. Um, who you are is not tied to... Uh, you know, a rank, and it's not tied to, you know, a corporation, whether a Marine Corps or Russell Reynolds, um, who you are goes much deeper than that. And what I learned is that who, who I am is tied to service to others. And how can I demonstrate and live out um, that identity um, in what I do at Russell Reynolds? And how can I do it within my community? How can I do it within my family? Everyone has their own identity, and it's unique to them. And, and, um, to find that um, and find joy in the journey and find joy and, and gratitude in, in the challenges that are, are, that are coming up because it will completely transform the way you view things and the way others view you. Yeah, great life advice. And I might have my, my, uh, my teenage daughters listen to that too. Uh, um, Harder for is there anything? <laughs> well, we got to hit them, hit them early, hit them often and, Right. I think that like anybody eventually it takes hold after a while. Um, yeah, right. Is there anything that you do daily or weekly to remember who you are um, to find or to sit to, to identify that joy, um, that gratitude? Yeah. Habits I, that you have, if you will. I, I, I found community service is a big one. Um, and so, um, you know, serving the homeless, serving, um, you know, felons that have come out of prison, um, gangbangers and drug dealers who are trying to turn their life around. I found the places within the community that I fit um, and where where I can serve and, and hopefully be a blessing and they're a blessing to me. Um, and so, you know, and it, and it helps get me involved in a deeper sense to feel like I'm part of the city of Houston, right? Because my wife's from Montana and I'm from Connecticut, you know, and here we are in Houston. Um, and when we moved here, we knew not a soul. Um, so um, I think finding a place, an avenue within the community where you can contribute, um, and uh, I think that's an important piece of what we do because, you know, whatever whatever you 
your identity is um, coming from the service or, you know, you have a, a sense of service, right? And so whether Air Force, Navy, Army, Marines, Coast Guard, you have a sense of service uh, tied to you and finding a way to give back in service to your community, I think, is a, uh, a very valuable piece to grow within that community and, and, uh, and give back. Think about it. the last question. Uh, last question I have for you. There are a couple questions I would say. You talked about Adam Grant and the book Give and Take. Um, uh, I read part of the originals. Another really good book. Uh, you have any books there that you recommend? Yeah. So definitely Give and Take. Um, another one that I found particularly compelling. Um, Simon Sinek. Uh, Start with Why is a great book. Um, and if you want to take the Doug Orr approach, you can cheat and uh, watch the TED Talk, uh, Start With Why. Um, Simon also does a book, uh, Leaders Eat Last, um, which gives you some perspective and ties corporate leadership to military leadership, which uh, is particularly interesting. Um, Peter Thiel wrote a good book, uh, Zero to One, um, which talks around um, how to be transformative in, uh, in today's environment. Uh, Peter Thiel was one of the co-founders of PayPal. Um, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow is a little bit more dry. It's, it's a thicker book, but uh, Thinking Fast and Slow is another another good one. Um, and then any of the uh, Malcolm Gladwell books. I'm a big Malcolm Gladwell fan. Yeah. Read Fast and Slow. Love that one. Leadership Last and Start With Why. I love those both of those as well. One I have not read, but somebody recommended on a recent podcast that based on a topic that you just talked about, and I did look it up, it looks very good. It's called Just Listen. Hmm. And so I'm very curious to read that Read that next. Um, yeah, so that, that looks good. All right, Doug, this is your last question. Any best piece of advice you've ever received and would you be willing to pass it on to the listeners? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I'm a big believer and, and, and I, I got this advice when I was getting out and I, I pass it on to anyone who's getting out, whether an officer or enlisted, um, you know, four years of service or 24 years of service, which is humble yourself. Um, and uh, the world doesn't owe you anything, and so, but go out, go out and earn it. Um, but you'll find that the lessons that we've learned through our military service will uh, will carry forward. And if you show up every day and you work really hard and you you earn it, um, you'll you'll find that there's a, a tremendous amount of opportunities that are out there waiting for you. Um, you just have to be patient and, and work really hard and. Um, know that you're not better than anyone else and you're not too good for any job and uh, go, go earn it. Excellent. Doug, thanks for taking your time uh, today to, to talk with uh, talk with me and share all this with the, with our listeners. So just phenomenal advice on, on being a leader and I know I'm going to walk away from this and continuing to take some time uh, every day to be grateful um, whether it be my family, the work that I have, the meaningful work that I have, take some time to continue to remind myself of who I am and to be vulnerable with my team, to have that humility, that authenticity that you've talked about, and just a, just a great reminder on how important that is 
and as leaders, how much yeah. our people are looking looking at us and counting on us, and they want to follow somebody who's real. Yep, and 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 it's funny because one of the things that we're doing, we've as an organization, we've partnered with Hogan, um, which does all the personality studies, and you know what we're learning is the most successful leaders are able to span these different leadership characteristics. And so, um, you know, if you're looking at somebody as a leader, you have heroic leaders that are kind of the, the big machismo, follow me, take the hill, let's go, uh, rah, rah, rah. And you have vulnerable leaders um, who are willing to listen and modify and adjust based on other people's perspectives. And the best leaders can do both, right? And, and you, you, need, you need to have both. Um, because you need to have the authenticity, but you also need to lead. And when it comes time to lead, you need to have the courage and the knowledge and the experience to say, follow me, boys, we're moving forward. Um, and uh, know when to do that and know when to be more, more vulnerable as a leader. But it's something that it's a very real live conversation that we're having with um, some of the you know, biggest CEOs in Houston. We just did an event. Um, and, and, and talked about this very topic. Um, and it, it was particularly compelling to all of them. That's great advice, Doug. Thanks again. I know you're busy and, uh, we sincerely appreciate, uh, the time and come by and see us again in Fredericksburg, um, when you get a chance. Okay. Yeah, I would love it. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Take care, Doug. Have a great rest of your afternoon. Okay. Thanks, Joel.